Welcome to episode four. Woohoo! What are we what are we calling this? Um I I don't know. I don't know that we have a name yet. Oh, are you talking about the uh the podcast name or the episode? Episode name. This I think this is our first official podcast under the new name. Oh, the new name. And what's the new name again? Isn't that running with horses? Running with horses or the wild horses or running with the horses. What if it's all three? Running with horses, walking with horses, lightly jogging with horses. <laughs> How about fast walking with horses? There you go. Roller skating with horses. I feel like roller skating would be easier than fast walking. Sweet. <laughs> Welcome to episode four. Whoa. We have a, it's crazy. We have an estimated audience of three. Three. <laughs> the number of the Trinity. That's all we need. I think it's you, me, and probably your mom. So we are, we're killing it. We're going strong. Um, how was your week? Good. Pr- pretty good. Been in quarantine. Quarantine? Because of the Rona? Rona. Back at it. This new one really took us out. (laughs) I didn't actually get, like, super sick from it, but just had to spend five days away. We thought that today was going to be our first podcast episode with real equipment. That's right. But that was not the case. We had so, real equipment, but we had it set up. But it Lisa was, is a dummy who doesn't know how to order things on the internet <laughs> and ordered the wrong cables. It's all good. It's all good. We Next time, and then we're gonna have a graphic and mm-hmm. maybe I, a I couple of weeks. I did make a weeks. theme song. You I, did. I make, don't think you did. You did make a theme song. <laughs> Don't think it was enjoyed. I got major homeschool vibes from that theme song. Yeah, major homes like that's pretty impressive because I've never been homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We uh, there is lots to discuss. Yeah, lots to discuss. You're gonna for people. This show is not about sports, but nope. today in the sports world, it's known in the NFL world, it's Black Monday. Ooh. It's where all the Everyone franchises fired. get fired that haven't been doing well. Uh, Unless you're the Carolina Panthers and you think Matt Rule is a competent. Uh, Lisa and I have a disagreement about Matt Rule and the Panthers. Lisa gets connected to players and thinks they should never get fired and deserve second chances. I think it's sad when they get fired. These people are getting paid millions of dollars to do their job. Mm-hmm. And when they don't do their job well, I feel like it's it's time for them to go. Mm-hmm. So I guess I don't feel that bad about yeah. it. I get it, I get it. What is? We also watched the world's most dramatic football game. Oh, that Chargers game? Yeah, that was... like to say, it restored my faith in 
the corruption of the NFL and that there's like... Oh, you thought that it was in cahoots? I thought they were going to get into cahoots with each other and be like, we're going to end this in a tie. I was like, these people are like, we're headed to the playoffs together. No. (laughs) At the very end, they really did the Chargers dirty. I am an avid sports fan, and that is one of the craziest games I've ever seen and the thing that made it crazier was it was the last game of the season before mm-hmm. the playoffs. So yeah. Justin Herbert though. Oh. He is he is a beast from the east. Except not from the east because he went to Oregon and he plays in LA. So a beast from the West. Very West. <laughs> a beast from the very West. You also want to talk about the Anthony Bradley tweet you sent me. Oh, that was, that was part of the, uh, I thought this first segment was your segment where you would talk about all the funny, silly things yeah, that you would... Yeah, but weren't we telling them what we were talking about? Oh, we were. Yep. So we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Dave Ramsey's tweet. We're going to oh, talk about, no. <laughs> we're going to talk about Anthony Bradley and what he talked about with the SBC and the Gospel Coalition. We might get into some Genesis 1, because some of us here want to provide some real informative content. We're going to do it at the end. Not not random stats about spiders that live in India. Spiders that live in India? That's the content you want to provide. You're always like, we need to keep it light. Am I currently Googling spiders no, I just, in India? I just made it up. they're larger than I, other spiders? I just made it up. I literally just made it up. Spider. <sighs> Sorry, you started this. <laughs> what? It's no, it is no joke that... Not like this. It is no joke that Lisa wants to be the Holy Post. If, if in 10 years this podcast is successful, I think it would be... I think the Holy Post. The Holy Post. So the Holy Post does this... News of the butt. We need it. We can't just copy them. No, no. Like, so mine's just more like fun science. Facts. I love how transparent we're being. You know how, like, there's podcasts that are like, we're going to be the new thing. And you're like, no, we just want to be the Holy Post 2.0. No, I, like, I think I like what the Holy Post does. I think we could even shift. You're probably going to hate me for this. Even shift it goofier. Like, the Holy Post takes theologians and like top thinkers in their like area. You want to make it goofier than the Holy Post? sits down with them and has a very serious interview in the last half. I'm saying, what if we weren't so serious with ourselves the entire podcast? So you have someone like Richard Rohr on and you're talking about the favorite pancakes you made as a child. Like, you know, like the stuff people would love to know. But they just don't because they go deep with these people. What if we were the outlet where we're like, we want to have you on our podcast and we'll go a little deep, but we really want to talk about waffles. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> I don't... This is good. We're figuring out what we want the podcast to be. <laughs> we're taking our three-person audience... Into the inner workings of what it's going to look like, even though, I don't know. I think the Holy Post is a little too goofy for me, so I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to propose we go goofier than that. I think that's where we differ. What I think... like, The Holy Post is one of the more serious podcasts I listen to. Listen to a oh, lot yeah. of comedy podcasts. Lisa loves these three brothers that sound just like my her. My brother, my brother, <laughs> and me. Yeah, they're great. They're just like, they don't take themselves seriously. And I they... don't feel like we take ourselves seriously. I just feel like we like talking about things that are important and not what does what does a monkey like to poop out of his butt at 3 a.m. in the morning? <laughs> that, those are not the facts I'm writing. <laughs> that is a very specific fact. <laughs> so. Yeah. The stuff with horses. <laughs> we'll figure this out. Well, if we're going to go goofier, we might as well call the podcast, like, Pooping with Horses. Pooping with Horses? Oh, Ooh, we could do a pun. What the hay with horses? I, I see what I, no, you I, see what I did there? I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it loud and clear. <sighs> I'm not even Catholic and I'm doing the cross right now. Just like I need to be blessed from this bad joke. Yeah. What do you have for us? Well, you get to pick. Oh, I... This is like an action this adventure. Choose, like, your own choose your adventure. own adventure. That's what you it's got called. This. <laughs> okay. Tell us. All right. So you can either be informed about exercise in old people, or you can be informed about school closures. And there were lots of downsides on young adults, but there was an upside. What was the first one? So the first one was old people and exercise. Let's do that. Old people and exercise. You want to learn about old people and exercise. <laughs> so sweet. So Science Daily. This is a website I like. You know, you keep up to date with what's going on with like space. Not really big on space. But genetics and how viruses work and stuff like that. You know. <laughs> You can't see this, but he's making fun of me. <laughs> You're just getting so excited about it. So. Okay. So we all know like exercise is good for us, right? Yes. Okay. They tell you it's good for your mental health. It supposedly helps your depression. <laughs> supposedly. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they've been doing some studies on the synapses in your brain. And okay. they have found with older people that exercise, even though after they pass away, they have a lot of the bad proteins that have been shown in dementia and Alzheimer's, they have an abundance of proteins that like protect their synapses due to the fact that they exercise. So like they're showing that as you get older, you need to continue to exercise because even if you were to be more likely to develop dementia or Alzheimer's because they're working out, these proteins protect their brain. So you're saying even if you have been working out for years. You could. That's, you, I'm not saying you I, won't ever. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> So you're saying, I mean, what I hear is if you're working out for 20 years, you're still supposed to work out. 
might as well just not work out and be on an even playing field, right? Because it doesn't really matter. No, no, no. What it's saying is like a lot of times people retire and they stop working out or like as they get older, they're more prone to injury. So they don't work out as much. They are finding that when elderly people stay active, their brain has this certain like protein that helps enhance connections between the synapses in their brain. Mm-hmm. That's really good for me to know as, I, I mean, I know the benefits of exercise, but look at that. Yeah, and it helps, like, maintain, like, healthy neurocognition. Look That's at excellent. That. I know. Does it make me a little sad? Because that means I'll have to work out till I'm done on this earth? Maybe. Do you want to, talking about working out, do you want to tell the the three audience members about <laughs> about your workout experience last week and how you almost died? Oh, man. Okay. Almost died is me exaggerating, but not really. (laughs) I called you, and I thought that somebody had died. I had never heard you that deflated in my life. (laughs) It was the world's craziest workout. So we've been doing Orange Theory. So I do Orange Theory in my hometown. Woot, woot. And apparently, unbeknownst to me, once a month at Orange Theory, there's a workout called Inferno, (laughs) which is apparently what happened to me. (laughs) It's literally on the calendar. On the calendar, it shows a fire emoji or a fire picture, which means you're going to be on fire. (laughs) Yeah, so it was a 28-minute run, and then... It was going in between rowing for distance and then these crazy like weights exercises. Oh, oh my girl. And it was like you keep at your running pace the entire time and just move yourself up. Yeah. So by the end of the workout, I felt dead to this world. Because the last thing you did for the workout was a bear plank. And you were trying to do it for two minutes. It's just, I feel like I should channel you. Mm-hmm. If I said a bear plank, you'd be like, why not a chicken plank? Or why not a... Ah, I'm sure we could create a chicken plank where you like peck the floor uh-huh. in like <laughs> what's, plank motion. So it's... What's a bear plank? You're on all fours and it's, it's not the normal plank where you're almost in like a push-up position. You're in like an arched four position. Intriguing. It's awful. And I only made it a minute and 30 You seconds. made it. And your synapses are more connected. Somehow, I guess so. Somehow that's good for you. <laughs> yep. But hey, you know what? If it makes it so that the stupid Alzheimer proteins don't get me, let's do it. <laughs> Any other any other science facts you you like to provide the people with? Um, well, we could learn about the other one if you want. Why not? All right. So, we all know COVID. It sucked, right? What is that? COVID. You got Alzheimer's already, but it's too late. <laughs> so the University of Zurich did this study because they found that like kids. Is that in Europe? No, 
It's in Antarctica. I, I feel like someone has to channel the far right wing conservatism mm-hmm. of evangelicals and say Do we <laughs> and say that anything that comes from Europe should not be trusted. Okay. Right? Did you remember did so you ever we hear that? Be trusted <laughs> as a country. It's, we all came from Europe, so the basis and foundation for of our country... Speak for yourself. Well, okay. Jesus was born in America. Okay. Okay, we follow the American Jesus. That's right. I forgot. I forgot America started with Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> Just a skirt. Oh, That's man. That's right. Ronald Reagan was the first president of the United States. He was. <sighs> Anyway, so a lot of like students when 2020 and that crap storm happened, a lot of them got really depressed, right? Because you're not going to school, everything's closed. Um, But they actually found an upside to students doing school at home. And it was students got more sleep. So they started to perform better. They had less caffeine in coffee. And they were seen to be less exhausted and anxious. Wow. And it was all because they got an extra like hour and a half of sleep. Because it's like really interesting. Because they took a group that they had studied a couple years before that. Mm -hmm. And then took the same sample size. And they found that students who lived through COVID reported to have improved health and health-related qualities of life. So they were still going to bed on time, um, but they would keep that sleep study through the weekend. Wow. So as opposed to like previous students who would like party hard and drink alcohol and stuff like that or like try to get all their sleep in on the weekends, these students were able to keep like a regular sleep schedule. And so now there are some schools in Europe that are looking on starting school later. Wouldn't that have been great? What time did you start school in the morning? It was 8 a.m. Yeah, I was at school by 7 a.m. I mean, my dad was a teacher, so we always had to be at school way before. Right. Ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Just crazy. But it it was, like, really interesting because I was like, oh, there's not going to be, like... many upsides to the pandemic. But, you know, they were just able to confirm the fact that students getting more sleep creates a better health balance. That's super interesting. Yeah. So, those are my science facts. Cool. I want to talk about the Anthony Bradley tweet that I cannot find now. So Anthony Bradley is a 
Um, professor at, mm -hmm. where does he teach? At King's College, I believe. So. In New York. And you, so what's your connection with King's? Because when I sent you this, you told me that you knew about Anthony. Well, I knew about King's College. Oh, okay. Not Anthony, but. Gotcha. Seems legit. So, it, somehow Christine Dumez is involved with this because she had tweeted something out. Mm -hmm. And then Anthony kind of reshares what Kristen says. But I want to, I just thought it was, when I, when I sent you this, you were like, ooh, I'm glad I'm not writing this. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like you watch people like get burned on the internet yeah. and you're like oh yeah. I feel like I'm watching a sibling get grounded like it, you know <laughs> something about it felt like ooh. <laughs> so anyways let me read some of this the main cause of the vitriol against Dumez Dumez Wrote, uh, the book is not coming to me. Jesus and John Wayne. Mm -hmm. It's essentially an analysis on just the blind support that evangelicals, especially white evangelicals, had towards Donald Trump. But it, it wasn't just about that, right? It talked about some church history and the rise of the feminist movement and the moral majority with Jerry Falwell and all, you know, everything that came with that, right? Which yeah, it was basically showing Christians rise to power within the government. Right, 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 right. So this is what Anthony said. Uh, the main cause of the vitriol against Dumez is that this gospel coalition, the SVC, D9, Nine Marks, Acts 29, Calvinists, etc., never saw itself as a sociological object of critique. There is now an entire academic world focused on their failures, and reform men are losing their minds. <laughs> the Gospel Coalition, DG, etc., is a, is a Christian culture lacking ep very fancy words, epistemic humility and discourages self-critique. Internal critics are called anti-gospel, they build an entire platform based on critiquing everyone, but taught themselves and taught an entire generation of pastors to do the same. Modern white Calvinists and their arrogance conflated their religious culture with the gospel itself. To critique their religious culture is somehow equivalent to critiquing Jesus, the gospel, the Bible. It's unreal. So now, so now their hypercritical chickens are coming home to roost <laughs> by army of PhDs who are equipped with analytical tools exposing their every side. Calvinist culture missed Jesus' point about the speck in the eye. They cheered like sports fans when someone said farewell, Rob Bell. In their blindness, they believed themselves to be united theologically when in fact, American evangelicalism, Puritans to Edwards to the present, was always first and foremost a sociological coalition cloaked in theological language about the gospel, inerrancy, etc. Because evangelicalism has always been a sociological coalition, not a biblical nor a theo theological one, good lord, its entire, <laughs> its entire American history was in direct opposition to 
racial freedoms for blacks and black Christians from slavery through Jim Crow. In the 1950s, they abandoned the cities and built institutions in the suburbs, built by the government to support white middle-class thriving. It reinforced their arrogance about being right. They've always believed themselves to be right. <laughs> so when you teach your children that all Christians are wrong except for us, and an army of scholars pull the low-hanging bad fruits of error throughout your history, your prideful and sanely immature response will be counterattack and defend the tribe. I remember this back in 2004 when white Calvinists started calling me Ooh, I'm not going to say that word. The N-word, in other words, when I started critiquing them. I'm not sure when where all these scholars were back, but I could have told them what to expect. That world will not change, ever. It's a fool's errand. I've seen it over the years, and the response to Dumez, Jones, Perry, Holly is not surprising. Critiquing white evangelicalism will never change white evangelicalism. If that were true, we wouldn't be here today. Black theologians had these critiques in print a hundred plus years ago. So now because their chickens are coming home to roost, they are only left to play their victim card and whine like preschoolers. <laughs> they are fragile. And as soon as the plank in their eye is pointed out, they pout and say, stop hurting us. They coddle themselves and their kids. The teams are set. White evangelicalism is about to get a bunch of white scholars tenure. White, even, white Calvinism will feed off their perceived attacks and circle their wagons. At the end of the day, it's it's same debates between Graham, Newber, and Tillich 2.0. What will be accomplished? Not much as history shows. It's why I return to family and public policy issues. I've already experienced the topics bearing little to no fruit. If you're a racial minority, don't feel like you have to make white evangelicalism your life project. There are more important issues to address, and the attention feeds their narcissism. The devil is active in lots of other spheres. <laughs> so, I guess I want to be clear in that we are going to talk about the shortcomings of evangelicalism on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I have something against that tribe. I think in many ways that is my tribe. Mm -hmm. And I don't... I also don't want this podcast to be uh, just talking about how much this church sucks even though the church can suck at times. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think for me, what I've seen in my work as a therapist, but not even as a therapist, just a human being, I've just seen how harmful, not only evangelical theology, but from my background, like charismatic and Pentecostal theology can be. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what I talked about last week with Stanley Harwas, which is you can't just make Jesus into your image and call it Christianity. So anyways, what were your thoughts on the, on the Anthony tweets on his thread? I get his perspective on like critiquing's going to get you nowhere. I think it's it's easy to feel that way. I think 
there's something to be said about making those critiques when you're in the system itself. Yeah. Because I think only after you continue to address a problem over and over again can you, like, expect to see any kind of change. But I also think this problem is more so because of white evangelicals' theology in general. Like, it's not good theology. I was like, I know I've been reading a couple books, and I think a lot of the themes of what people are saying is like, and I think why a lot of people are deconstructing from white evangelicalism, is they sold a faith that doesn't exist. Ooh. Ooh. ooh, ooh. Wow. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, we have the majority and we're so self-assured and like there's aspects of prosperity and like God will bless you. And it's like, so what happens when you have debts and life doesn't go your way and awful things happen? And you know, like your political party doesn't win for precedent and you've built your whole church's theology on the idea that God's going to give you what you want. Well, it's because we didn't pray hard enough, Lisa. That's right. <laughs> Got to... Or my favorite, you just prayed the sadness away. <laughs> yeah. I like I think it can be really hard to hear these critiques when you've been in the system. Yeah. And I think it should hurt, right? If you're in a system in which like all these people are saying, This affected me in this way I had to leave. Like it's not an easy critique to be heard and I think there's something to be said about like Twitter going over and above sometimes. But They wouldn't be saying anything if something wasn't wrong. Well, and I also think, uh, I guess we should call him Dr. Anthony Bradley since he has a PhD. We're mm -hmm. just calling him Anthony like we're on a first name basis. Dr. I would love to have Dr. Anthony Bradley on the podcast at some point. Mm -hmm. So when we start interviewing people. But I, I think for me, when it comes to what he's saying is that this is not, there are life lessons to be learned outside of the evangelical machine, which is that when you become so tribal in your thinking uh, that anybody that, that's not part of that tribe or that has something um, constructive to say that their response is that they're bad. Like, that, that becomes problematic. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, not to bring this up, but here we go. Like, we've been watching this QAnon documentary <laughs> on HBO, right? And look, I mean, all... <laughs> I think our position is that <laughs> our position is her eyes are getting so big. She's like, are we really talking about this? Our position, my, I, I have no problem with people that uh, vote Republican. I, I have 
for all of my life, as long as I've been able to vote, voted for people that are both Democrats and Republicans. So I don't know that I can say the same for your liberal self, <laughs> but uh, I feel like I'm pretty moderate in my ideologies and how I vote. So this is not a anti-people that voted for Trump or anti-people on the right. But I think the tribalism that comes when you just start believing things that are not factual. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know a whole argument could be made about, well, how can we believe what the mainstream media says? And I, I get all that. There's plenty of reason to be skeptical of our institutions and our media companies and all of that. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons whether you love him or hate him, like Joe Rogan has had such an influence and such a voice and people like Jordan Peterson, because they're just saying whatever the heck they want. And there's a, there's something about free speech that's, you know, embedded into that, whether mm -hmm. you agree or disagree. But I, I think what Dr. Bradley's talking about and what that QAnon documentary is talking about and, even the other one, like Wild Wild Country on Netflix, which Ooh, came boy, out a couple of years ago. Like there's, there's so much. I mean, it's really scary when you get into group think mm -hmm. and you become so focused on what your group has to say. And I think that's one of Bradley's points that you have people like the Gospel Coalition, which I want to be clear, not everybody that writes for the Gospel Coalition is... Like I, there's some things that Tim Keller says that I'm like, okay, I can see where you're coming from. And there's like, I'm not trying to bash the institution as a whole, but I, I, I think what Dr. Bradley's saying is that we, it becomes problematic when we get stuck in our groups mm -hmm. and, you know, when we see, oh, people that didn't vote for Trump are the reason why Americans coming down. And we need to go back to when America was a Christian nation, uh, you know, because that's a thing. Uh, if you want a resource on that, I would highly recommend, you know, Greg Boyd's Myth of a Christian Nation. Uh, I would love to have Greg Boyd on too. That'd be great. Love it. So does that make sense? I think Dr. Bradley's points are not just about, I mean, I think you could read that and say evangelicals suck, but I don't think that's what he's saying. I, I think he's trying to give some context as to, as to what's happening. Yeah, I think he's saying that like having this conversation is not going to be effective. Like the critiques aren't going to change because people have been critiquing it for years. Yeah. I agree with Which that. Which I understand. I think it's also because of what you hinted at, which is the very, like, bubble think tank kind of mindset. Like, for instance, I went to a church and we had a discussion on CRT. And it was almost entirely an all-white room of conservatives. So you had no one from the opposite side. And barely anyone from a moderate end. So what the conversation ended up becoming was just a bunch of people saying the same viewpoint. Yeah. 
which makes it a meaningless conversation when trying to dialogue in any kind of meaningful way. Yep. So I think that's the problem. Churches are probably having conversations, but they're not varied or diverse enough. And they're not willing to like reach out to other churches in their area to kind of dialogue with this. That's true. It's going to be a problem. So, yeah, anyways, <laughs> those are some those are some thoughts on that. Do you want to talk about, do you want to do a little, little Dave Ramsey on Twitter reaction? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Dave Ramsey doing stupid stuff again. I I actually think we do not agree on this. I think we have different opinions. So, uh... You have to at least admit that Dave Ramsey's approach was stupid. Well, that's unkind. Maybe I'm just being unkind. <laughs> I should be kinder with my words. This was trending so much that when I just went to Twitter to search, it said Dave Ramsey rent. Like, oh, people man. Twitter knew what, what it was talking about. So, uh, I wonder if we can play this. Is it allowed to play this through this? Would that yeah, be? We can do it, and if false fails, I'll just clip the audio from that in there. Oh, this isn't it. Rental property, single family homes, uh, among many other properties that we own. And if I raise my rent to be market rate, um, that does not make me a bad Christian. Uh, I did not displace the person out of that house if they can no longer afford it. The marketplace did. The economy did. Uh, the ratio of the income that they earned to their housing expense displaced them. I didn't cause any of that. And so you are not displacing them. You're taking too much credit for what's going on. Uh, if they need to move to a cheaper house because they can't afford, they're going to move to a lesser house because if they move, they're going to pay market rent. Okay, I own... Oh, boy. Thoughts. I have so many Concerns. Thoughts. This is where we diverge. Like one of the many places where we've done. I think it's great. I think it'd be weird if we agreed on everything. Yeah, that would be kind of weird. Go ahead. I think it's lovely how he's trying to rationalize that he's not displacing anyone. The market is. The market's not a person. The market is set by people. So we have to understand that as people, we contribute to the marketplace. And right now, everyone on this planet knows rent is too high. It's just too high. Like, the average rent in downtown Charlotte <laughs> for a studio apartment is like $1,500. And that gets you like five to 600 square feet. That is absurd. Like, it's just absurd. And, like, yes, people who have more affluence can, like, get those kind of apartments. And then you can also go to, like, different parts of town or to suburbs to get a cheaper rate. That's sure. But that also limits travel, public transportation, like, 
And then you're like, okay, well, you can go to low-income housing. Okay, well, then we have to have an argument about if you raise your rent prices because the market says so, but you know the market is absurdly overpriced right now, you're participating in that. So, yes, you are making it so that people no longer can afford a home. Oh, it just makes me so mad. He's acting like the responsibility's all on this market. So then no one has to take responsibility. It's just a thing that happens. But you know, you know what? So here's... I'm not even commenting on the Christian aspect of it because well, I, don't, I don't know why he brought that up. Well, people, so if you look at Twitter, mm-hmm. what people were saying was an argument could be made that Christians shouldn't even own land. What? Yeah. And so I, I do think. How do you make that argument? <laughs> well, I think it's the idea of, I don't know. It's, and this is where we diverge, but I, I also just. In the same way that conservative Christianity, conservative Christianity has gone too far. I think in the same way there's like progressive Christianity, there's a fundamentalism that could look the other way. Mm -hmm. And when you have people that are saying, well... As followers of Jesus, should we even be making money off of rent, off of other people? Like, insinuating that they should just give the money away. Like, I become that... that I'm a little skeptical of that one. That, to me, that becomes problematic. Right. I... I don't think there's anything inherently wrong... With people owning land mm-hmm. and having cash flow because of that. Because right. they've made good financial decisions. Mm-hmm. And I do think that at times, people on... <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> people on the left just go a little too far when it comes to that. Yeah. We've, we're in this... Everyone gets free housing. Well, I'm not against free anything, but... What I'm against is the idea that if you've made good financial decisions, and yes, I understand that an argument could be made that because a person is white, they have been privileged with certain things that other people haven't been given. So it hasn't all been you. I I understand that. Mm -hmm. But the idea that any kind of cash flow is not good I, I I find to be problematic. That's that's all I'm saying. I I don't think that I don't think that as I mean another question here and this is we're we're talking about things that are way above our pay grade, right? <laughs> <laughs> but there could be a whole episode on like political philosophy on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Right? Like, is there a cap on how much money a follower of Jesus should make? Uh, like, if, is there a cap? So opinionated. Is there a cap? Uh, and we would probably disagree on that as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, because there's, you know, there's 
and I understand that this is nuanced, but there's camps of people, right? There would mm-hmm. be people on the right that say, well, some of the wealthiest people in the world are the most giving people. And then there's people on the left that say, well, as followers of Jesus, you know, Jesus had a lot of t- conversations about giving money away, feeding the hungry, like all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so it's a whole, I, I guess for me, the, I <laughs> push comes to shove. I'm more with you on the Randy thing than I'm not. But what I'm more against is the reactions of people that are like, people that are quite progressive that are saying, well, Christians shouldn't even be owning land. That's, like that, that's, that's too far. Yeah, that's, that becomes problematic. I don't even know or why even that's the debate. Money, like, or even making money. Or even... My thing is like, you have really successful people in the Bible who do like great things in the Old and the New Testament. So I don't think you can make a solid claim that you're supposed to give up everything and yes, not be successful yeah. financially. Yeah, 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 I, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a valid claim. Right. Ugh, makes me more moderate, sure. But I think the issue with me and the Dave Ramsey video, and I think what should probably be the more pressing issue is he's trying to take a morality burden off of himself and put it onto the market. And if you're going to be a self-proclaimed Christian that puts on morality expectations and then you hawk at people who are like, hey, maybe it's not right that you charge people an absurd amount and they can't afford housing. I think you might want to question it instead of blaming it on the market. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. So. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I think that's more of the issue. It's like, okay, what standard do you want to be held to and when? Well, it becomes problematic, right, when you just blame things on the market. So yeah. if... If we well, are, Mark, yeah. if for whatever reason we start, and some of this is already happening, I'm like to work some would say, the market. right, or like we just start, you know, employing children to work 12 hour days the because that's what the market wants to say. Well, that's what the market is, you know, <laughs> asking for. So, yeah, I understand. I, I just think there's some balance when it comes to economic policy. Mm-hmm. And its relationship with Christian ethics. And my, my concern is more with <laughs> the woke people on the left that were like, you should give all your money away. You shouldn't even be owning land. That was given to you because you're white. And yeah, like I, and, and sure, like maybe some of that is true. I just find, I, I just think there's nuance to that. Yes, I, th- so. I think there's nuance. And I think there's, Something to be said of like taking, like say you do have a renter and they have a problem where it's like, I can't afford this because it's 150 to $200 too expensive. Now. Right. As a renter, if you're making, it depends on like how much you're making per property. But if he can like, minimize it by one or two hundred dollars to make living expenses bearable why wouldn't you be like hey sure like i lived in a rental property for quite a few years 
And as the market Ooh. continued to grow up, he liked us so much as renters. That he didn't. That uh, he just didn't. He didn't increase uh, the rent. So wow. we get one of the cheapest rent rates in our city. Because for the past three years, he chose not to raise the rent. And I was like, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. That you can live in a situation where you know the next year your rent's not going to go up 300 Or it's not going to go up another $500. Yeah. Because everyone else around you is paying that. Yeah. So, I think we shouldn't even be having the... <laughs> This is my problem. The Christian argument here should not be liberal versus conservative views. It should be like, what's the generous thing to do? What's the kind thing to oh, do? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know why politics even had to get involved. It's like, in that situation, why well, did he kick them out? Was it they just weren't paying? What could they pay? What was he the decided situation? To, I think he decided to raise the rent and they couldn't afford it. And then he was probably clapping back. Um, people online saying, well, how can you claim to be a Christian and then essentially kicking people out because they can't afford your rent? And you would probably agree with those people. I'd have and to know I'm, the context Yeah, and I, I, I just think it's a little more complicated than that. Like, so, is he renting out by the like way, a penthouse Full suite? disclosure, this comes from people... That are both paying for rent. Yes. Right? So we neither, are renters. <laughs> like, neither of us own land. No. So, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's an interesting conversation to be had. Yeah. So, interesting conversation to be had. This probably is our longest episode. I have so many hard-hitting topics. Woo-woo. We, uh... I want to start... Engaging more with the Bible Project. Mm-hmm. They released an app. Woo-woo. Uh, with badges and stuff, too. Yeah. With what? Badges. Like, when you complete oh. things, you get, like, a little yeah. badge. And so, so maybe we can do, kind of go through the book of Genesis and talk about some themes we're seeing and how to frame them within the purview of the biblical authors. And I don't know. I just feel like that's probably where... Some of what I would like to talk about mm-hmm. with whatever else, science, <laughs> random facts you want to talk about. We didn't talk about your, your TikTok revelation about Jesus being trans, apparently. Oh, man. We'll <laughs> save that for another day. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Shake my head. But we love the internet. <laughs> Sometimes. Alrighty, well, thank you for coming to episode four. We're excited to keep releasing these. uh, And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Woo woo. Peace out. Deuce.